0: Hi, folks. This is Rick Wilson, and welcome to The Enemies List. Today, I'm joined by my friend Ruth ben Giat. Ruth is one of the experts on authoritarianism and fascism in the country and possibly in the world. Today, we're going to talk about the emergent authoritarian movement that is the MAGA world, and we're going to look into just why movements like Donald Trump's are so dangerous. With that, let's get on with it. There was also maintained
1: what was called an enemy's list.
0: Democrats want Republicans dead. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting.
1: You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's
0: declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. (laughs) I'm Rick Wilson, and this is The Enemies List. So, Ruth, we've talked before uh, uh, in other formats uh, about the risks of authoritarianism, the risks to the American Republic in the form of an autocratic movement. And, you know, the last week or so has given people maybe a tiny ray of sunshine that uh, Americans are not willing to go all in on conspiracy, insanity, and authoritarianism. What's your take on the, on the results of the elections this year? And, uh, and then, we can, then we can take a dark turn and, and, and go down the road where, where people aren't seeing all the risks uh, that still exist out there.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important to celebrate this moment Uh, And one of the key takeaways is that uh, people should have confidence in our election system that despite all the, you know, the fears of violence and intimidation and, of course, election denial, uh, and there were, you know, there was a bomb threat in Louisiana, there were things that happened, but by and large, uh, the system functioned. And so it's very important when you think about democracy studies that, people have confidence, not only in the system, but in their own agency to bring about change. And we've seen mm-hmm. how many of these races have been very close. So for example, this is the time to reach out. If you know people who didn't vote because they're just disaffected or they think it doesn't matter, this is the time to reach out and say, guess what? It does matter. Every vote matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other the other takeaway I'd have is, is that... Um, the results of these elections with so many Black candidates, so many historic firsts for LGBTQ candidates, 83 Muslims elected, they are a victory for reality because they make government, state, local government, uh, resemble the multiracial inclusive democracy we actually are versus you know the fantasy like trying to force back America into this kind of fantasy that only white Christians uh, constitute America.
0: Well, I think that's exactly right, and I think there are a lot of people who, who were shocked by the degree of uh, the rejection of some of the worst edges of the crazy this year. I mean, the the fact that all of the election denier Secretary of States candidates um, were not just not just beaten, but repudiated severely. Were beaten bad, like beaten like a government mule. um, I, I think that 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 has to give you a little bit of a, an uplift because those are the people really on the front lines of whether our small D democratic systems keep working.
1: Yes, and and it's it's very important. Um, I do want to note that Fox News did something very interesting by promptly recognizing the victories of Democrats, um, and and some of them were Trump proxies like Mastriano, mm. and so here we get to. Murdoch turning away from Trump, but not all of them. And so, you know, when you have a bad actor like Fox News and you, you study the things I do, the question is like, why did they do the right thing? <laughs> why did they, why did they even recognize, because effectively what it did is to short circuit these people uh, from being able to, 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 roll out their chaos of election denial Mm -hmm. because Fox News spoke and and then all this satellite of Fox spoke. So that's very interesting to me. Uh, It doesn't mean that Fox uh, is is turning toward democracy at all, but um, that's something to note and that ended up uh, helping the results that we got do
0: you, do you think it's that Rupert and Lachlan you know they still <laughs> want to exist in society in America they still want to go out in New York and and go to good good clubs and go to good restaurants <laughs> and and be and be seen as as normal human beings and not you know enablers of something really dark I mean I I, I was watching that myself and I, I it it reminded me remember Arizona was when Chris Starwalt called Arizona in 2020 that caused a huge fracture yes, of inside that. of Fox. I mean, yes. how, how do you compare and contrast these two moments? Though it, it is a really good point that you bring up.
1: Yeah, I don't think that Murdoch... I, the, I mean, my realistic... Some people call it bleak, but I call it realistic. You know, I fished out this piece I wrote for The Atlantic in August 2016, which ended by saying that Trump um, <clears throat> risked to destroy the... Uh, Republican Party, and if they allied with Trump, Republicans would find themselves in ruins. Mm. Um, and this was August 2016, and I think that um, you know they 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 saw they looked ahead and saw that this that that this wasn't going to be the way that they were going to meet their goals. And so it doesn't mean that they're going to become less crazy. It means that they're going to you know, as they're doing with Trump, they're going to offload. Uh, some of the people who are be, have become liabilities to them reaching their goal. But their goal is still kind of brutal minoritarian rule, um, you know, electoral autocracy. All of those things haven't changed. It's just that they got a shock and they're going to become uh, slightly more quiet in the way they do that by uh, shutting up some of the, or getting rid of, short-circuiting some of the more noisy extremist voices.
0: It's, it's, it's kind of the sort of, um, the Von Poppen defense. It's like, well, we're going to clean up the crazy, but you know, if we don't, if we don't let, you know, let it, let our, our overall plan go forward, you know, the communists will take over. I'm sure that Fox will find a million imaginary demons that, that will come out of the, uh, of the closet to scare, you know, white suburban MAGA voters in the immediate future.
1: Well, enter Ron DeSantis who, you know, I've been writing about for a year and mm-hmm. a half because second I saw the guy's bad news, why did I think of him? Because he is the disciplined extremist that they need, but he also is a superb, you know, he has a Victim of Communism Day in Florida. He created a Victims of Communism holiday, and I'm waiting for the Victims of Fascism a holiday, but I don't think that that's going to come. Uh, he, he seems to not mind if neo-Nazis are saluting on the streets of Florida. But he is the pliant vessel. And, and in fact, who is he backed by? You know, the Federalist Society. It's important that he's a far-right Catholic. Um, remember mm-hmm. he, in that, that crazy video um, <clears throat> on the eighth day God created Ron DeSantis? Wow, I, and, that and, add... and what's so interesting, you know, what's so, I've been waiting to talk about this with you because <laughs> what's so interesting about DeSantis is that he, he's trying too hard to create the personality cult. And if you study those cults, like it's he's releasing images and like you know a, an image of a rally with his, from shot he's shot from behind, like he's a little mini mm. Hitler or something, and he's trying very hard to create this synergy around himself of a personality cult. Um, I don't know if it's going to work because it's a little like too too. It's
0: yeah, I, I don't know if it scales for him. I mean, the thing about Desantis and I've uh, you know as as the resident Florida man. Um, He is not a guy, I mean, for all of Trump's (laughs) clownishness, you know, Mussolini had a clownishness about him too. And and it didn't mean he wasn't an effective tyrant. It, It just meant that he had a clownishness to him. DeSantis almost buys into it too much. There's no, there's no like fourth wall breaking. There's no nod and wink to the camera. It's like he really believes he's leading a culture war against Antifa and critical race theory. And I think in some ways, Trump was always more in on the joke than that. He was always more like, mm-hmm. he knew he was a bullshitter. He knew he was a media cre- creature. And DeSantis, I think, I mean, the fact that they actually released that ad, the the God on the eighth day, God made Ron mm-hmm. DeSantis ad, which I, I got to tell you, I mean, I'm, I, it's been a while since I took Divinity class, but I believe it was... Um, it was thou shalt have no other God before me, but call me crazy. So, uh, you know, I think, I think that he, I think you're right. I think it's a really good point that, that he's aggressively trying to build out this sense of inevitability by building a cult like Trump had a cult, not thinking, oh, I'm going to go out and run against other people or even run against Trump as, a, as an elected official and, and you know square up on policy. I think he thinks he's going to square up on like cult to cult combat which I'm here for. I'll sell pay-per-view to that shit. I love that.
1: <laughs> I, I think so. But, you know, it's really important to to call out what he's doing because um, he's actually, you know, he's going after businesses sure. in Florida. I wrote a, an op-ed for CNN and it, it didn't get that much traction and it should have because, or somebody else's op-eds on the same thing. I haven't seen much on this, that businesses are suing Ron DeSantis in Florida because he's, uh, you know, far from being small government, he's he's interfering on the grounds of like anti-racial, anti-diversity trainings. Mm-hmm. And he's interfering with private businesses. And it's obvious that he's going to scale this up. He's very dangerous, just as he's interfering in schools. But the business community needs to be very clear about what awaits them. Who goes after the Special Olympics? And right? threatens them with like a 27 million... De- I mean, no, but... If you if you study authoritarians, the reason he did that <clears throat> is to show that nobody's off limits, that even the Special Olympics, he could dominate them. Right. And that's very scary for someone who wants to be president. It's very Trumpian. Mm-hmm. He's learned a lot of stuff from Trump.
0: So, uh, you know, I think Ron DeSantis is definitely a sort of a dark cloud hanging out there about uh, on the side of this sort of emergent authoritarian movement. And 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 while I know, you know, I generally try to carefully calibrate when I use the word fascist. What you're describing is like one of the core elements of fascism was that they intimidated the business community so thoroughly that that it was never a power center or a, or, or a threat to them in any way. So I think you're, I think you're right. And, and Trump did that sort of thing in a sort of haphazard way, but DeSantis seems to have a more methodical approach to it.
1: Yeah, and, and it's disturbing to me that he's backed by, uh, you know like months ago, it was 40-something 40, 40 billionaires. It's probably 50 or 60 mm-hmm. now. And um, so the elites, the conservative elites, the Federalist Society, the Kochs, you know, some of these people who never liked Trump and then they had to go along with him, <clears throat> now they can convert to DeSantis. But he's really a, a very... For this, for that reason, he's extremely dangerous. Um, and when he when he made that, you know, victory speech and he said, you know, Florida's where woke goes to die... Mm-hmm. That's a declaration of war on all kinds of categories of people in America. That's very serious. Right, because
0: woke is such a broad phrase for them. It doesn't just mean like some specific area of of progressive excess. It means anyone who disagrees with Ron DeSantis. It means Mm -hmm. anyone who doesn't immediately bend the knee to Ron DeSantis. But I do think that's interesting because there aren't a lot of, of... great American examples of this that spring to mind, but it's rare for authoritarians and authoritarian leaning Mm -hmm. people to pass on their, um, their, their, their their reins of power smoothly and quietly. Um, I mean, if you look at what happened when Saddam took power, it was, it was a Mm -hmm. fairly ugly moment. Um, And, and that that iterates out along a lot of different areas. Do you see a giant clash between these two men that, Mm -hmm. that, that, that divides their movement, that divides or, or, or disqualifies the idea of this sort of, a, uh, of an approach to governance? Or do you think that, you know, either Trump takes him out or he takes Trump out and they continue the, 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 down the rightward path?
1: Um, I mean, I think that, you know, DeSantis <clears throat> has absorbed many lessons from Trump. And what Trump did was to permit people to be lawless mm-hmm. and show the way um, and in fact, you know, he was one because DeSantis is smart and disciplined and ambitious. He was one of the first people to have this this sham, you know, election security office, <laughs> and now he's made these sham arrests. So right. his brand is to his brand is is you know he's cast his lot with that. Um, but it's going to be very interesting because there's the grassroots Trump supporters, and then there's the GOP, and when you study authoritarian cults, when people uh, are bonded to the leader, um, it's very difficult for those bonds to, at the popular level, for those bonds to, like, dissipate. Mm-hmm. And um, they're very loyal to him. And Trump is also, uh, if he does declare and this kind of rivalry thing starts, he's going to play the victim card. And we already saw what happened on January 6th, you know. the. Followers who think their leader is going down become very volatile. Mm-hmm. And and what happened January 6th, he he, he was in distress. He summoned them to, ha- to save him. I really see January 6th, it was many things, but it was also like a rescue operation of a leader cult, leader cult followers. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, he was going to, you know, we know that he wanted to come back uh, to the Capitol and acclaimed, be acclaimed and everything's fine now, the savior, you know, right. and he couldn't. Um, so I don't know what will happen. He'll probably threaten violence. I think that Ron DeSantis is going to try not to respond to him too much if he's smart, but then the GOP is a different, uh, that, the elites are a very different discussion with Josh Hawley saying we have to redo the party. The, that's a very interesting moment, um, and Pence starting to speak out, you know, what a coward because his book is being, yeah. you know, I've been waiting for him to speak out. And now he's doing it because he can make some dough from his
0: book. Everybody's got a morning ritual. Uh, I know I do. And I want to feel like I'm getting my day going. I want to feel like I'm moving. And more than coffee sometimes, it's making sure you're clean, squared away, put together. You can get your day started by upping your shave game with Harry's sleekest razor yet, the craft handle. I like to use it because I've got to shave this giant dome of mine every day. I got to keep it shiny. I have a beard, but I keep my neck clean front and back. Do all the miscellaneous trimming. And the new craft handle, it actually is a lot more precision, at least that I found, with the new grip. I really like it a lot. You'll be getting quality shaving for a really amazing price. For now, they're offering the craft handle starter set for $10. It's a $17 value. So this is something you really should try. And if you don't like it, it's on them, guys. They stand behind the product. They guarantee it. How can you get a hold of the craft handle the latest greatest from Harry's? It's simple. Get it delivered to your door for 10 bucks at harrys.com slash enemies list. That's harrys.com slash enemies list. It really is. Um, I
1: mean, but that's all going to be very interesting.
0: Uh, in, in the all time pantheon of American moral political cowards, Mike Pence is, is at the <laughs> very peak of Mount Chicken shit. And, and and I mean, the the idea last week that he Oops. was blaming the Lincoln Project for January 6th. Because we ran ads telling Trump that Pence couldn't sign the, there was no the way Pence could save his presidency. He he blamed a super PAC for an attack on the U.S. Capitol. It really was like a spectacular moment where you really understood, like, just what a weak and terrible human being this guy really is.
1: Yeah, and you know what's so sad is that I, I've been, you know, for many months I've thought this is the one guy who, I mean, he'd have to be a different guy, right? Not him, but. That elites really matter, and there's this whole thing elite defection, and you know, Pence could have because he has this story of like you know nobody wants to talk now. It's like awkward to mention that Trump wanted to have him killed or kidnapped or whatever the hell was supposed to happen to him. It wasn't good. wasn't going to be good. Um, And I keep that that tweet by Chuck Grassley is emblazoned in my brain that that Pence wasn't supposed to be there. Right. (laughs) so, you know, Pence could have really uh, seized the, the little moral ground he had on that day for doing his job and, and really, uh, you know, changed the game in terms of the January 6th investigation and Trump's culpability, but of course he didn't.
0: It, it really, it, it really <laughs> is. And, you know, we saw John Kelly coming out this week and mentioning, oh, by the way, Trump wanted to use the Internal Revenue Service as a political tool Against his his people, who he he either believed were his enemies, or or believed, or he believed were going to harm him in some way politically. I mean, this is part of the. I mean, the lying is part of it, Ruth, and the and the and the and the distortion of reality is, is part of it. Um, what is it you think that that America saw this year that made them step back just a step from the brink?
1: I think that uh, the message of the shock of. Um... Roe versus Wade mm. um, and what's been very interesting is you know a lot of men were affected by that men who have daughters or wives and and also the I think the the numbers of ads of that Republicans ran uh, featuring candidates with deadly weapons that at a time of school shootings and almost everybody knows victims of gun violence and That, you know, in Dr. Oz's ad, he posed with four different weapons Mm -hmm. in one 30-second shot. So that, I think that turned them off. And then, you know, really a lot of thresholds were being broken, a lot of taboos. So somebody like Mark Fincham, who is an anti-government extremist. So like what happens to government? when an oath keeper and and Proud Boys, Proud Boys are now in the Republican Executive Committee in Miami-Dade County. Mm -hmm. So so the extremists, so the GOP always had this kind of understanding wink-wink with extremists. What happens when the extremists, who are anti-government violent people, they believe in violence as a way of changing history. That's what they do. And when they become the lawmakers, what happens to our society? And I think that plus abortion rights, plus sick of the sick of the chaos, perhaps sick of the violent rhetoric, sick of the um, the divisiveness it causes. I think that did it.
0: You know, I, I think I think you're right on all those points in in various you know in permutations, given whatever state it was in. I mean, we ran a lot of ads in the Lincoln Project against Mark Fincham because he and Marshant were both actual QAnoners they they i mean and and even for conservative yeah. maga republicans there is a certain degree of like okay the qAnon stuff is a bridge too far even for even for the people who believe in you know that communists are waiting at the gates unless we elect marjorie taylor green or whatever and that that idea of that degree of extremism i think was was part of it and i do think dobbs played a major role in in driving women republican women who you know, many of them are pro-choice. About twenty-five percent of them, historically speaking, have been pro-choice, and I think that opened up a pool of voters that was available that had some real ability to do damage. So, Ruth, as we go forward, you know, we're we're all enjoying this moment. We're enjoying a little a little a little minute in the sunshine. Um, the 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 authoritarian movement in the U.S. and beyond is still well funded it has a lot of advantages it's got an enormous media apparatus around it in this country um it's got it's got a political party running cover for it in this country and I, i'm wondering what you think of the 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 what Americans should be paying attention to in the coming year um because you know the election for 2024 is about to start and the next year, I think, is going to be enormously consequential. What do you think we should be paying attention to and, and be wary of as we go forward into this very consequential moment before the 24 elections? I
1: think, I think, um, I think uh, you know, uh, incitements to violence, uh, all the violent rhetoric, we really have to call that out. I also think that um, I know that the the right-wing media machine came up with so many different excuses and reasons mm-hmm. to... Cover up the Pelosi assassination attempt, but I think that shocked some people, um, and yeah. and so that that kind of thing. I also think uh, I'm very worried about the Texas GOP. There, there are these you know rogue and lawless entities like the Texas GOP. They they just issued a kind of a there was a speech where they talked. They declared war. They had a tweet where they declared war on, on Democrats and said no compromise will be nec- will be possible. No collaboration, no compromise. Mm-hmm. And so going ahead, um, we could end up in a kind of gridlock. Um, and really, truly, if one party has exited democracy and no longer embraces any form of bipartisanship, which is also what the reaction to the Pelosi... These people have worked with sure. Pelosi for years, and yet not one of them could come forth and and publicly and and accept any responsibility or remorse or unhappiness for this so how do you govern um, and and we could see all kinds of uh, you know see impeachment impeachment uh, attempts at Biden further attempts to like I'm very bothered that the Texas GOP calls Biden an acting president that's like that coup is talk. Coup talk that there's there's a lot of stuff that unfortunately in my book <laughs> reminds me of Chile before mm-hmm. the coup where there was a stasis in government, there were attempts to impeach Allende, uh, totally uh, make him devoid of any authority. So we're not out of the woods by any means. And then I also would really watch what all these election deniers who did win their um, campaigns, what they do. Um, what, is, what is their governing strategy going to be, you know? So that, those are some of the things I think we have to look out for.
0: Ruth, I th- that was so great. Thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it, as always. And, you know, it's a long fight, and the and the pushback against authoritarian regimes and authoritarian techniques is going to be one that America's going to have to keep learning to fight back on. It's something where it's, it's fairly new to our politics watching these things operate at scale in our country and in our society and you are a phenomenal guide and and a warrior princess in this area and we really appreciate having you on as always and i look forward to talking to you again very soon today's edition of the enemies list is brought to you by fucking idiots yes all of you All of you who thought that Donald Trump would never run again. All of you who called him the former guy. All of you who pretended that Donald Trump, if you ignored him, he would go away. We call it the Voldemort strategy for obvious reasons for anybody with kids who is a Harry Potter person. It really makes me angry. It's like a doctor says to you, hey, you know, these lumps in the MRI are really bad. And you just walk out of the room and pretend, no, I'm going to ignore it. I don't want a biopsy. I want a treatment. I'm just going to ignore it. So people ignored the reality. And they built these structures up in their minds where, oh, you know, Donald Trump isn't popular anymore. And, oh, people hate him. And, oh, he's in legal jeopardy. And, oh, he's an asshole. And he tried to overthrow the government. No one's going to forgive that. Well, guess what? They will. They have. And he's back. So if you called in the former guy and you thought he was done and a spent force and he's exhausted his you know, 15 minutes of fame, think again. The worst thing you can do in this world, as my friend Stuart Stevens always says, is to pretend that there's not a worse thing. He's the worst thing. This is going to be a rough time. When you're listening to this podcast, there will be 720 some odd days left to go before the 2024 election. I just want you to live in reality. I want you to understand that the darkness of this guy's next campaign will be married to the effectiveness of the next campaign. It will be a better campaign. He will be a better candidate. I know that sounds weird right now, but he wants this a lot. He wants this like nothing you've ever imagined in your life. So go into this campaign season, and God forgive us. It's not even... It's not even a week since a really good day for America to the point now where we're back in the fight, and he's back in the fight. Just be realistic. That's the only thing I really ask of you to get off the the enemies list this week. Get your shit together. Be realistic about who Trump is and the dangers we face because we've got a long road ahead, brothers and sisters, and it's time to get back in the fight. This has been the enemies list. And if you've been enraged or engaged or enlivened by this week's episode, let's do something about it. This podcast is part of Resolute Square, a new front in the war to preserve democracy. We were looking for a place to fight back against the MAGA media. And this is it. In addition to this podcast and many others, each week, Resolute Square members will sit down with me and other founders for an intimate meeting in the minds talking about what's really going on behind the curtain of American politics and analyzing the minds and the motivations of the people that are shaping this country's future, good and bad. You'll also get exclusive analysis and insight from our newsletters, which are anything but conventional wisdom. And yes, we'll also have merch to make the MAGA heads in your life furious and more. Become a partner in this fight at ResoluteSquare.com slash enemies. And folks, if you could like, subscribe, and rate the podcast, I would be enormously grateful. We reached number two in the political podcast listings in the last week, and I cannot tell you how grateful and how heartfelt your support has been for this podcast and for these conversations. And we look forward to many, many more. Thanks again.